Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode of Nintendo Voice Chat is brought to you by Gamefly. Listen! Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, episode 380. As you can see, nobody's paying attention. They're all just playing video games. So I'm going to tell you what we'll be talking about. First of all, it's the end of an era. We'll have a new cast member joining NVC for good. Uh, so be nice. Uh, we are also going to talk about Fire Emblem Warriors, which we neglected because it came out at a very, very busy time when just all sorts of stuff was happening, including the Super Mario Odyssey game that you may have heard a little bit about. So we'll be talking about that 
and more on today's show. But before we get there, I want to introduce this week's panel, which is your panel of regulars. We have Zachary Ryan. Can't talk playing Mario. Who's not paying attention and playing Mario. We've got Brian Altano. There are too many moons and I must find all of them. I'm so happy you actually put down your Switch for a second. I'm holding yeah. it as we speak. And then joining us for the very first time, I'm happy uh, to welcome Philip Mewson. What's going on, everyone? Thank you so much for having me. Why, hey, man. What hey. game did you make and why are you here? <laughs> what, are, are you going to talk about your latest release? I made a game called Zelda. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's, it's very new. Um, thank you. Um, no, um, in all seriousness, I, I'm here to be the new Nintendo editor uh, at IGN and hopefully a cast member here on NVC, which would be amazing. Um, I come from a YouTube background, so you might have seen my YouTube channel, uh, Philip. I've been covering lots of Nintendo stuff, mainly the Switch. So basically, I'm essentially here to cover Nintendo for you guys. That's awesome. So, I, I've been meaning to ask you for a while now. We obviously had you in for a couple rounds of interviews and stuff like that. Um, but one thing that, that has kind of always gotten past me when we've had an opportunity to chat uh your channel name where did you come up with that you uh know? it took me a while um real, i sat on it for real brain a buster time. there yeah. <laughs> um you know the funny thing about my channel name is it is called philip which is obviously my name um but i have such an interesting spelling of the name philip it's actually f-i-l-i-p um and you know normally in the english language it's ph uh so right. i get Flip a lot, mistaken. Oh, Flip is much yeah. better. That's so, it. You got a new cool. name. Welcome, Done. Flip. Glad you're on the show. So I just buried myself. Again. And so you never get to buy any of those like cool like custom license plates and like you know cheap gift shops or everything. No, no my son I've is never. also named Bort. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, you guys, uh, if you've been watching Philip on his YouTube channel before, you probably know a ton more about him than we do. So uh, it, it's going to take us a while to figure out what makes him angry. Yeah, and what buttons we can push here on the show, and and what fun discussions can be had like there are lots of people who work here have incredibly wrong opinions and so we like to call them on that yeah we're going to go over um some of your your stuff uh, in a second I, I would love to find out you know what your favorite games are on nintendo platforms for example and then learn a little bit more about you but before we get there i want to thank some of our uh nvc reviewers uh that's right if you're listening to the show on uh in audio format as a podcast you can leave us reviews on itunes and it's super awesome the more reviews a, a podcast hat has uh the more popular it'll get it's 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 a law it's the law of Apple. Um, so, uh, no, it has to be positive reviews. Fruit right? law cannot be ignored. <laughs> That's right. So uh, I want to thank uh, LQ1, who just left a review for us, said, thank you uh, to the IGN crew for the show. As a, a lifelong gamer and Nintendo fan, I really appreciate everyone's unique knowledge and insight to the brand and games. The show has become a part of my commute on the train, and I look forward to it every week. So keep up the great work. Uh, we also had uh, some really cool suggestions. We read all the reviews we get on iTunes, and we love all your comments on IGN and YouTube and wherever you're watching. Uh, another one from Kalon. He says, <laughs> "This uh, is bad." I I love Nintendo Voice Chat. I listen to this podcast every weekend on my long commute to my chi uh, my girlfriend's house. Hell, I prefer listening to you guys than listening to her. Keep up the good work. We have to talk. That's rude. That's, yeah, yeah that's so rude. Kalon, we have to, we we have to talk. I think you should uh, you should invite her to listen to the show because clearly it's uh, entertainment for everyone. And then you guys should discuss it afterwards. Right? I think she should be on the show so that he can hear her more. Oh my God, Kalon's girlfriend! If you're around. You should come on the show. We're going to make them listen. Do we have any guest openings right in the coming idea, weeks? Yeah. We can always squeeze somebody right. in between these two giant tentacles. Rotating arms. fifth chair. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Philip, so you're, you moved here from San Diego. Yes. You've been to San Francisco before, though, right? I have a few times. Actually. Any, uh, are you out of money yet? 
Um, yes. Okay, I good. I'm completely <laughs> broke. I live actually around the corner in a cardboard box. Yep. That's um, good. Yeah. That's the thing to do here. It's convenient because that makes my transportation like basically the easiest thing ever. So, but you're from San Diego originally. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the tan is going to go away, just so you know. Um, you'll that's be, what I hear. Yeah. You'll be as translucent as I am <laughs> very, very soon. Looking forward to it. Now you're looking at me like, can you see me? No, yeah. I, okay. I can't see you. It's uh, see through. N- what's your, I mean, how did you, get exposed to Nintendo games like well, how did you decide to really tackle Switch for your YouTube channel Oh well I mean I've always always been a huge Nintendo fan like first and foremost um that's that platform that company is what got me into video games and that's really where I fell in you're, love with video but games But you're about uh, you're about 14 years old so that was with the GameCube release or when was that? <laughs> No no <laughs> um unfortunate or actually no I I was my first exposure to Nintendo was with the um, SNES. Oh, cool. And it was actually Super Mario World, which um, is still my favorite Mario game today and probably one of my favorite games to date as well. Um, but yeah, I've, I've owned basically every single Nintendo console except, and please, please do not kill me for this, but I have not owned a Wii U. No, it's okay. That's yeah. all right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you know yeah. who else didn't own a Wii U? Most Nintendo fans. <laughs> That's what I've heard, yes. Mm. Um, but, um, you know, I still did get a chance to play, like, a bunch of the games on there as well. So I've still maintained a lot of, you know, or all of what I hope is Nintendo culture and, and understandings and all that stuff. Well, the good news is I'm sure all the big Wii U games are going to get re-released for the Switch. So yeah, you'll, I'm, you'll have yeah, ample time to play them. Right? So. Hey, before we move on, just, like, a real quick point. Just make sure you're talking right into the microphone because these are so directional that when you speak, yeah. they won't hear you. Ooh, and then oh, get that's right. Yes. Yeah, don't be mad. Yeah. Don't be mad. Uh, so uh, wait, real quick, like, what's your favorite? You said Super Mario World. Is that your favorite Mario game? Yeah, right that's, now. That's that, that until excellent choice. Possibly until I complete Odyssey because right. I'm still working right. on Odyssey. Yeah, so. yeah. My I favorite was, Mario game too. We'll definitely talk about Odyssey more. I was doing a lot of that during my playthrough with Odyssey, which I'm continuing, obviously, because there's so much to do. Of sort of being like, where does this rank? You know, we just ranked all the Mario games here at IGN. We mm-hmm. talked about recently. Um, Zelda. You're big on Zelda, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I I beat Breath of the Wild like within the first month. Um, but I've pretty much played every single Zelda game that I know of until mm-hmm. you know before then as well. So yeah. So rapid fire. What's your favorite Zelda game? Uh, Link to the Past. What's your down. least favorite Zelda game? Zelda Two. I knew you would say that. <laughs> yeah, I but mean, it's, I, but it's. I mean, it it that's most people's right? answer. It is arguably yeah. correct, unless yeah. you include the wands of Gamelon uh, or anything <laughs> like that. But that that's not going to work. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, what was the first one for DS? And like even the worst Zelda Phantom game is, is still Hourglass. a really good game. It's pretty bad too. Yeah, yeah. it's no. not bad. It's just not. A it's good fun. Game. It it has the repeating elements. Uh, I thought it'd be fun to hear from you. So favorite game on Switch was what? Um, actually, Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Okay. What was your favorite? What's your favorite 3DS game so far? Um, it's it might surprise some of you guys because it's pretty recent, but I really enjoyed Samus Returns. Okay, mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun with that game. Um, I'm a huge Metroid fan as well. Right. Yeah. So especially of the 2D kind, 2D like style Metroid games. Were you um, flipping out at E3 when we got those like dual prong announcements of yeah, of yeah. Metroid games? Yeah, yeah. That was, was that was a surreal moment. I was incredibly excited because I've been waiting for Metroid Prime Four, and I think we all kind of felt that was coming, um, yeah. or at least hoped it was. But then to get two announcements at E3 was incredibly exciting. So you're mm-hmm. way more 
more optimistic than me because I thought we would never get a Metroid Prime game again. I we thought got, it was done yeah, too. I thought it was done. I thought like Reggie would show up with a with a pin once in every two years and rub it in people's <laughs> faces, and that would be it. But that all of that materialized into something that is an actual a a tangible Metroid game that we have now, and b another one coming to Switch um, makes me very very happy. I thought they'd go third person even on the on the Switch. I thought we'd get more Metroid, but I didn't think they would well, go to Prime because it felt so like you have a trilogy. It just kind of yeah, feels complete. We haven't seen Prime, and given the the uh, basic reboots that that Mario and Zelda have done so far on the Switch, like they're not afraid to experiment with their franchises. Yep. So we could yeah. see Metroid Prime, and for all we know, it could be an over the shoulder third person like Resident sure. Evil no, Four I mean, style thing. I I think Prime is first person. You think so? Yeah, 100%. like it, like by definition. I think they're Prime continuing that person. series with that, and they're playing around with new stuff. Do you think uh, that they'll go so far as to implement the motion controls like in the uh, Wii version? I don't know. I don't think because like the, you can do that with the Joy-Con. You know? I mean, you after, could use it as a point. After right? Odyssey, I'd say all bets are off with that stuff. Yeah, right? I thought we had said for better good, or worse. Yeah. I thought we'd said goodbye to that forever. But um, so also um, mm-hmm. you obviously you skipped the Wii U. Many Nintendo fans did. But what was it that initially drew you to be there for the Switch? Were you there day one? Were you did you, oh, yeah. did you pre-order one and all that? Yeah, went through all that rigmarole. Yeah, actually, I pre-ordered three of them. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, I and I got three of them. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. Um, so did you just like. Like sit on them, like smile and growl at people, or what do you do with one? Them? I don't well, know, Mister Eighty Joy Cons. I have do? I have three kids. They have eighty hands. They each have four <laughs> switches. Yeah. Huh. Um, no, I put them all to good use. I swear, I didn't hoard them. I didn't sell any of them. Um, I actually one was for me, of course, um, that I started my YouTube channel with. Yep. Um, and then another one was actually a backup, just in case that one broke, because at the time we couldn't transfer data. Or oh, right, right, right. It, you're basically screwed. Um, so. The other switch was for a giveaway uh, for my channel as well. Yep. So I oh, ended cool. up giving it away at 20,000 subscribers, which was a lot of fun. Oh, okay. Well, that's C did it for good. When that's you awesome. got 20,000 or when the guy who won got 20,000? No. <laughs> <laughs> when I got that. Right, no, Congratulations, bud. You did great. Here's the so, switch. So I'm going <laughs> to awesome. skip Wii U then if you don't have a favorite on that one. But Wii. What was your favorite Wii game? Um, Twilight Princess. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm a really big Zelda fan. So if there's a good Zelda game, and I actually liked Twilight Princess a lot. I didn't mind the whole Wolf Link thing. Right. Um, that wasn't too big of an issue for me because it just still at its core was a Zelda game in my in my eyes. Yeah, I like yep. that game a lot too. Um when I revisited it what last year, the year before. Yeah, for the um, HD. There was still I didn't finish it the second time through, but I, I appreciated the hell out of a lot of what that game does. Especially there's a, a section sort of halfway through that game where it just gives you Dungeon after dungeon after dungeon, and they're excellent. That's what I was going to say to you. The back half of that game is so much stronger than the first half. Yeah, I think. The, the, and the the bosses and dungeon designs are just unparalleled. It's just sort of everything in between. That's kind of a slog. Yeah. The desert stuff gets, is awesome. In the, I think yeah, it gets yeah. a bad rap because yeah. it's it is a very long game, and there is a lot of like not not necessarily as much collecting as you'd see in Skyward Sword. And, and but, it starts yeah. so slow, right? Oh, like God. sheep herding yeah. and stuff. But well, I found out that the the second time I played through it during the HD version, that that initial opening portion seemed a lot. Well, it they did tweaked faster. it. it did. No, they didn't. They tweaked it. No, no. didn't they uh-uh. let you skip some some so. uh, some slow stuff? I thought they they had. So, some. did you buy a Wii a Wii at launch? Yeah. yeah. How cool was it to? A, play a Zelda game at the launch of a system, but B, also to skip between this game that you could spend 60 hours on yourself uh, and then pop the disc out and then put in this like ridiculously goofy party game where you and your friends could be cartoon versions of yourselves with no arms and go bowling. Yeah, that was that was really crazy. I remember having a lot of fun, especially with Wii Bowling and Wii yep. Tennis and stuff like that. But um, 
honestly, I, I didn't play too much of it with friends. I was like such a solo gamer at the time, yeah. and especially with Nintendo's whole online structure, you know, I just jumped into single player experiences mainly on that system. So. I had a I had a friend knock out one of the like overhead ceiling lights in my apartment with a Wiimote and then I kind of shut it down after that. <laughs> yeah, I told the story one of our one of our coworkers in the LA office at the time, that's where I was working when it came out, uh, was playing Wii Sports and then let go of the Wii remote and it actually smashed into the wall next to the TV and it was like it's like that like drywall, it was actually embedded in, oh, really? in the drywall. Yeah. Wow, like awesome. those fake like baseball on the corner. It looked stickers. like a like a like a bad like Jean Claude Van Damme, Van Damme movie or oh something. My God. Like, That's great. Yeah, she missed the 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 TV by by a hair. Um, GameCube. Um, it's a tie for me for GameCube. Oh, and they're they could not be more polar opposite games. Um, so the first one is Luigi's Mansion because I loved that game. Okay, and I'm and I actually love Luigi. I'm a more of your, a Luigi. Fan. Your favorite games so far have all been launch titles. I find that really interesting. I know, yeah. I know. That's that is actually surprising. But the other game that it has a tie with is Resident Evil Four. Yes, okay. huge Resident Evil fan. Yes. Thank you. Um, I, I think I like. I feel like I'm. He's welcome now. I'm almost like contracted by Capcom because I bring that game up to obnoxious levels on my on any IGN show I'll be on. I could be like interviewing The Walking Dead at Comic Con. I'm like, you guys. Another thing with zombies is Resident Evil Four. They're like, well, the new season comes out this fall. I'm like, yeah, but. That was a great game. Except for that one time when you were interviewing that cast and Andrew Lincoln was like, actually, those weren't zombies. That was Las Plagas. (laughs) These are walkers, technically. I'm like, all right. All right. But yeah, Uh, excellent game. That's a great choice. And then uh, N64, we already know your Super NES pick. Um, Ocarina of Time. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to say Ocarina of Time. It was pretty easy. Like um, there is there is there a game that you love that others don't don't like? I mean, we need give us something, man. I don't know. You know, another can't one. Can't just agree. I could throw I could throw out some random games, but I feel like a lot of people still like those games, yeah. like Wave Race, for instance. Yeah. Oh, that's great. No, that that's was a awesome. big one for me. Um, I like that game. Um, oh man, so many. Uh, GoldenEye. Oh. <laughs> Actually, Dude. didn't I didn't play Donkey Kong sixty four? That's fine. That's no, good. No, no, oh, man. Yeah. That's, we can move. You don't on. have to play Donkey Kong yeah. sixty four. You missed Donkey a very Kong. bad game. If you, so that's if you do even mention Donkey Kong sixty four, our producer will come over the uh, loudspeaker here and yell at you. Apparently, yes. So, yeah. 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 so <laughs> Barrett, <laughs> Barrett is one of the few people out there who loves Donkey Kong sixty four. Yeah. Mm. Most people either don't like it or th- say, okay, it was a, it was okay. I had some good ideas, but collector right has got the better of that game. But yeah. Barrett is special. Barrett has a Barrett Donkey really Kong sixty four tattooed in old English across his chest. The <laughs> issue, though, is that unfortunately Barrett controls the camera. So, like for example, now he's mad at me, so he makes the camera go to the other yeah. other screen and doesn't show me anymore. <laughs> the N sixty four was an happens. interesting era in that we didn't <laughs> <laughs> we hadn't played enough three D games to really know what a bad one was yet. Um, <laughs> no, really, like I I, mean, yeah, it's I, true. I bought stuff like Chameleon Twist, which was like a three D platforming game where you used yeah, that was not great. Use your tongue to like latch onto cool things idea. in the environment. Yeah. Um, but it just wasn't very good. The the camera controls weren't yep. great. And it's weird because Mario 64 showed so early on how to control camera in a 3D environment. I think Ocarina of Time did a great job as well. Uh, but we just didn't really know then what like what a bad game was. Sort of like when you're a little kid, you didn't know what a bad NES or Super NES game was. Uh, and then 
you played a, a bunch of good ones and you're like, oh, I think you I love everything. Yeah. 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 When ki- kids do love everything and then they become more and more discerning. There, it's easier to when you're young, it's easier to convince yourself that like a bad game you got as a gift is a great game because it's your game and you get to play it. But then uh, you grow up and it's like you read a list written by like IGN and it's like the worst games of all time. And you're like, that's I bet I love that one. Growing what up. was the first game that you guys can remember playing that you legitimately thought like, oh, I'm this is a bad video. Game. Deadly Towers remember? for the Nintendo Entertainment System. For NES. Yeah, Deadly okay. Towers for NES is really bad. I, put, sure. I'm, I, I You know, I am I am a little older than you, Philip. So for me, it was E.T. on the Atari VCS. Mm. Jeez. Like, and I loved that movie um, as, a, as a kid. And we played this game. I'm like, why? Why does he always fall into the hole? And like, it, it just... It, and that was after decoding confounding games like Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, there were a lot of weird uh, out there Atari games. I was going to say, I had, a, yeah. I had a neighbor down the street who was a few years older, and he had a brother that was my age, and we would go over there. That was my only exposure mm-hmm. to like, the Atari or Coleco era. Yep. We didn't have those when I was a kid. That was a little before me. But he had Indiana Jones, yep. and I remember being like, this is a square with a hat. Like, that's what <laughs> that, take that, that game. back. <laughs> And it was very, and I knew, I, so I guess that was probably the first game where I was like, this is bad and this is nothing like these films. See, I like that one, but it also the theme was right and then it had these, uh, the they implemented the song. No, right? but, but you, you got, bar. you did the staff of Raw and all that stuff and, um, E.T. was like all the stuff that happens in E.T. doesn't happen in the movie. Like he literally fall. I mean, he has to assemble the phone, sure, but there, he just falls into holes and it's so dumb. E.T. didn't fall into holes. In What's yours? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I I don't even know. I mean, like, there have been so many games that I've initially played and thought were wonderful and then gone back to and then realized yeah. that they were so terrible. You know, Isn't like, that weird? Like, one that comes to mind, for instance, is Shadows of the Empire. Yes. On N64. Yep. Such I, a great example. Yeah, I loved that game. Well, the hawk time. level is still very good. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. if you play that, the controls and everything. The but, the flying hawk level or the, the third person hawk? The flying The flying yeah. one. The, yeah. the walking one is no good. Because the second you walk into the, like, sort of, like, rebel base area in Hoth uh, it starts to fall apart because then you start realizing like the cameras all like it just it's got like set angles sometimes and it gets stuck yeah jumping like dash render jumps like too high and very slowly and yeah I think what you saw with that game too was the kind of how separate the uh, console and PC audiences were because we already had better first-person shooters set in the Star Wars universe yeah. on PC. Now, Dark granted, Forces. they weren't always fully polygonal, yeah. right? You had sprite work done in games like Dark Forces, right? And, uh, but they controlled really well. They sounded awesome, and so Shadows wasn't as good. Mm-hmm. No, but it was a lot of console games' first experience of like a fully, th- like a fully rendered style. It also it lets you fight Boba Fett and IG88, it, and it, like let, let you go to like weird planets that you hadn't been to before. Like it was really cool. If you go back now, planet, all the audio, <laughs> all the audio is highly compressed in mono. Yeah. And it gets looped really fast. Yep. It's like they're like 20 second samples that are looped and it's just awful. Um, but some good, some good moments in that game for sure. All right. Well, uh, thank you for filling in some of the background. Obviously you're, you're going to, uh, hopefully join the show every week and we'll learn many more things about oh, you, yeah. Uh, yeah, including sure. your likes and dislikes. Wait, are we moving on? And we'll be sure to, uh, we'll be sure to, uh, do you have another question bad. for him? No, I didn't get to tell my bad game story. Everybody got oh, I'm sorry. Except for me. I, f- I thought it was Donkey Kong 64. No. What, what is it? No, uh, the Christmas that I got a 64, I begged my parents for months to get a Nintendo 64 and they bought me the system, which was great. 
And then they didn't have any games for me, and I thought, oh, my parents just don't know that you have to buy games because that was the first console that didn't have a pack-in game. So I was, like, really disappointed. But then my mom's like, oh, what's this? And, like, pulls out, obviously, a box that was shaped like a game. And I had been asking for Mario 64, <laughs> but when I opened it, it was Mortal Kombat Mythology Sub-Zero. Oh! oh! Which is a Mortal Kombat side-scroller that yep. was just terrible. And I tried – I really tried to love it all of Christmas Eve, and then, like, the next morning I woke up and I was like – she's like, are you going to play your Nintendo? And I was like – I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, again, that's, yeah. it's a game that has its fans. And I actually lo- like the idea of a side scroller with, with those characters, but it was so guilty of permadeaths that yeah. you couldn't predict. Yeah. Like yeah, a Mario game will signal that you're safe jumping somewhere. There'll be a little hint mm-hmm. or they'll give you an extra life as you jump down to get something sure. and you die. This game is like, nope, you died. You didn't know, but yeah. you died. Just Try this. Trial nope. Error. You're still dead if you do there this. There was also yeah. justifiably was a weird stigma around 2D games at the at the launch yep. of the N64 where uh, not a lot of 2D games on the N64 no not really in fact there were two Mortal Kombat games one was Mortal Kombat Trilogy which compartmentalized all the content yep. from the first three games in one and the other was that one mm-hmm. yeah uh, Yoshi and Mischief Makers yeah, yeah. were some of the other but good if you were going to play a 2D yeah, game on your N64 that wasn't the one so that's yeah, that's I feel for you, man. That's a bummer. Sorry. Well, Sorry. I'm glad we heard that uh, terrible story. <laughs> I, had to, I just and had to get it off my chest. Hopefully, uh, yeah. They hopefully. never made another one of those anthology games either. No. They made it sound like they were going to make so many of them. Yeah. You know, I'm so glad we didn't get like I don't know, Cyrax Tomb or whatever. Who <laughs> knows? <laughs> the maybe story myth- of Young Smoke. Maybe mythologies will be back. Young Smoke is my favorite rapper. <laughs> <laughs> Hello there. Would you like to save money and play more video games? Well, let me introduce you to our sponsor, Gamefly. Gamefly is the best way to buy and rent all your favorite games. At Gamefly.com, you pick your favorite games and have them mailed directly to your door or mailbox. Gamefly is the leading video game rental service with over 9,000 titles to choose from. You can try your favorite games before you buy and keep the games as long as you want with no late fees. So if you're stuck on a boss fight or having a really good time, it's not a big deal. You can cancel at any time, and they also offer movie rentals too. Head to Gamefly.com slash voice chat and start your free premium 30-day trial today. The premium trial allows you to check out two games and or movies at a time. You can only get this offer, again, by visiting Gamefly.com slash voice chat. Now go sign up and start playing all your favorite games absolutely free for 30 days right now. Uh, what, what may not be back though is, uh, is FIFA. Uh, unless, uh, unless EA is playing really coy. Uh, we have this, uh, this comment, um, EA's CFO Blake Jorgensen said to the Wall Street Journal, Electronic Arts is waiting until Nintendo's new Switch has been on the market a full year before deciding to release more games for it besides FIFA 18. And uh, that the company wants to fully understand what the demand is. What do you guys think about that? See, We've heard similar comments from them before, but saying now saying they're going to wait a year before deciding. What do you think? I just think that that's a poor decision on EA's part, honestly. Yeah. Like, I feel like FIFA is obviously the world's biggest sports video game franchise and, you know, sport right now, soccer. Um, but at the same time, I don't know if it's the right game to test on, you know, an entire market with because there are so many Switch owners out there that don't really care about sports games or a yeah. sports title. I think that, you know, if they were going to test their, you know, a, a series, they should do a couple different games or like at least another one just to see of a completely different genre. I personally would have loved to see something like Mass Effect show up on For Switch, sure. you know. I, I think, think they that, were burned by Wii U with that one, with right? the, with, with yeah. the Mass Effect part. Yeah. yeah. You look at something like what Rockstar is doing, um which is 
peculiar, but also sort of smart in that they're testing the waters with something that isn't going to be a big loss for them, right? right. Like they're working on an LA Noir remaster. They said, okay, we'll bring this over to Switch and we'll test it out. The thing with FIFA specifically is that FIFA is one of those games that sort of transcends the entire culture of the way we understand the kind of consumer to publisher demographic when it comes to video games. When we publish reviews for video games, people sort of wait and see. They go like, I want to see what IGN says. I want to see what other sites say. With FIFA, people buy in every year. Regardless of what we say, they come that that comes later. So it's like Call of Duty or Madden. Exactly. You know I mean? Those like, those are those are givens, right? And yeah. I think with those specifically, um, people play those on the platforms where their friends are playing those things. And while I think FIFA on Switch is a cool novelty, if you bought the last two or three on PS4 or PS3 or PS2 or whatever it is or Xbox, you're married to that to that place to play those games legally. So, yeah, legally. So I don't think that was really the best um, sort of test scenario to see what kind of support they can offer the Switch. You know, I'd like to see them try out something a little more unique um, and a little less sort of something that's a a staple on other platforms. Right. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, Philip, in that it's, it's, uh, Putting FIFA out as this test case is sort of a dichotomous thing where it's like, yes, it has this huge market share, but the people that want to play that are going to want to play it in the highest fidelity, po- yeah, fidelity right. possible and have all every single option that they can because they are the repeat – I want to say repeat offenders, but that's not the right word. They are mm-hmm. the repeat purchasers. They are the people that like – they want to play every iteration of this game. Um, so opening up that new market on the Switch – Probably not a great test case because there's Pear has a couple of examples here of things that might work even better. It's like Plants vs. Zombies, The Sims, Need for Speed, Peggle, or I honestly I think probably even a, a better one is is Faye, which they announced at uh, so that uh, they got coming. E3, so, yeah. So and that's obviously a statement like this leaves the door open to acquisitions. Like Faye was in development, and then you know EA picks it up uh, as part of their, uh, their their label. So there could be other games like that where, where EA just finds a um, an indie studio and then brings the game to all the platforms. Yeah. Um, but like, I mean, they obviously have Titanfall. They they could port Titanfall, but not not the that I would be version? excited about ports of older games. But they've got Titanfall, they've got Battlefront, they've got uh, Battlefield. Obviously, a, a tremendous catalog of sports games outside of that. You know, the Madden franchise. Um, what I find peculiar is like one. When you wait a year, if, and if you wait a year from the release of the Switch, let's say March to March, what are you going to decide in March? Hey, we should put another FIFA on it. That's three months before the World Cup. That's right. that's stupid, which means we will get another game like FIFA, which is missing a core mode and then get, get gets a bad rep from, from gamers, right? And that's the other thing with this testing the waters case. Like if they had released something unique and special and different, something that was a little closer to what the kind of games that are actually selling, whether they're Nintendos or some of the indie titles that are, are doing really well, like uh, like even Golf Story. SteamWorld you know, Dig, yeah. SteamWorld Dig. Specifically, yeah. If they had tested the waters like that, I'd be like, hey, that's a good litmus test for you um and they have games like that in their catalog yeah like well even peggle like what that's gonna take exactly well, you can port that in in a month yeah. right well it's that's what's confounding about this, this might be a little wishful thinking but like and obviously maybe a little bit too soon as well but like take a look at something like what rockstar is doing taking a uh sort of cult hit from last gen and putting it on the system as, as a test run like Give me Dead Space. Give me the saboteur. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to go this for like saboteur. weird deep that, cut stuff. Give me like something that. that was like critically well received, but commercial. Dead Space, Dead Space was awesome. Dead Space was obviously commercially successful yeah. as well, but like give me something like that, that it's like a known quantity, but maybe not to this generation and be like, hey, 
here's an awesome like tried and tested game on your Switch now from yeah. our back catalog. Right. I, I say give me something new, but uh, you know why the, not both? I, I feel like I think it's, it, I think putting out one title as a test case they, is a bad they, idea. It, I mean, they should be really thinking about creating a Sims themes theme game. Sims titles obviously do do really well on any platform, but I'd argue that there is a market with the portability factor of this device for the Sims. Take the Ubisoft route and partner with Nintendo and put the Sims in the Mushroom Kingdom and let them be Mario characters. Like, mm-hmm. that's a great idea. But or put I just Mario in a, in a human yeah. house. Put Mar- <laughs> Apparently that's how it works now. Yeah. He's just not a human man, but you could put him right in there with the other human put him, man. Look at, look at Maybe, Doc City. But who knows? Maybe they, they're playing coy. You know, maybe this is more internally they're talking about possible projects and they're like, hey, let's get a better deal. There's obviously a lot going on with EA right now. I I just feel like it's just such a lame statement and we've heard it before and they keep repeating it. It's like that. FIFA is not the litmus test for no. this machine. I think if, if they're, they're going to test the waters, it makes so much more sense to use a game that maybe is like from a previous generation that was a hit back then, yeah. whether it's Dead Space or Mass Effect or even something like Mirror's Edge, you know, yeah. just throw something yeah. out there. Yeah. See if it works. I mean, yeah. like if they take a year, which it sounds Ugh. like they will, that's going to be... Berry. It's berry flavored. What? It's terrible. Our vending machine, uh, it didn't have a label for the bubble water and uh, I thought this was lemon or lime. It's a it's, real roulette what's coming out of there these it's, days. It's the berry one which tastes like drinking after, aftershave. It's, yeah, it's terrible. Oh. Have you had the orange one? No. Woof. Does it taste like orange? No, it tastes like okay cleaning fluid. <laughs> Um, sorry. sorry, this is a law topic. <laughs> Brian is like, moment's gone. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you have have something. This is, this is our ham episode, Brian. Uh, all right. <laughs> mo- moving on for you from EA. Yeah, get your, uh, get your act together, seriously. Uh, announced for Black Friday, uh, Nintendo's got a Zelda themed DS Link edition. Unfortunately, it is the wedge. So, Here's the funny thing. <laughs> it's a green and was it green? Uh, we, we see it here on the screen. Yep. If you're watching this on IGN, uh, we have box. a green device with yellow buttons, but it is the 2DS wedge. Right. It, but it comes with the uh, Ocarina of Time 3D installed. Yep. That's nice. Um, in- Ocarina of Time 2D installed on, in <laughs> yep. this case. Uh, here's a funny thing I learned about myself when I saw this press release in my inbox. Uh, I saw the colors on that, that 2DS and that it was Ocarina of Time and I went, oh, I'm going to buy this. <laughs> and then I was like... I already own a 3DS and Ocarina of Time 3D, but I still wanted to purchase it because it's Zelda and I'm a sucker. I was hoping it'd be a a Switch, you know, with the Switch Joy-Cons in green. They're such an interesting company in that, like, we got the Switch this year. We got Zelda for the Switch and Wii U. Yep. We got a new 2DS XL this year. And you're like, oh, well, so then clearly they're going to make a Zelda version of one of those, right? And like, no. The wedge, but <laughs> yep. do you think that they're making a Zelda version of the wedge because it, that's a that's an easy way to sell a bunch of those systems? It's the cheapest Probably, device, yeah. Yeah. you know. It's like, well, how much is it? Seventy nine ninety nine. So that's yeah. going to hit Black Friday. That is the cheap alternative to the Switch. Uh, or any of the that's other really devices. That's really crazy because like that game was forty dollars when it launched, it, yep. which it, means that you're getting the wedge for thirty bucks effectively. Mm-hmm. It makes go. sense to have Keep such wedge. a low console or a low cost console in the market like that because that way parents can just you know without thinking buy their kids a console that comes with one of the best games that they've probably so, yeah, played. So cool! And all of a sudden, their kid is now a Nintendo fan for life. Yeah, right. Here's yeah. your that's you know, true. Game, son. It, so. I mean, yeah, that's the thing is if you've somehow managed to miss the the DS or the 3D for the last 10 years or whatever that's a hell of a deal 
or if you sold your DS to get a Switch, like that's an easy way to get back in and and have one of the greatest games of all time. So yeah, they also have uh, they have uh, Explorers Edition of Breath of the Wild. So that's just a game for sixty bucks. So same price as launch, but they're including a, a, a spiffy little map and a hundred page guide. What I, does what does the hundred page guide cover? Well, maybe for people who are not as great as you are, Zach. This is like the the, the third special edition that. For Breath of the yeah, Wild. there was the collector's edition, the master's edition, and now the explorer's edition. I think it's I just... want to know what's in that explorer's guide because I have I bought the collector's edition strategy because yep. same yeah sucker for Zelda. Yep. Um, but it's way more than a hundred pages, so I wonder what they cut out. You know, like maybe it's just it's just they the cut out the map game. and put it separately next to it. Well, the map <laughs> is separate in that too, but uh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, and maybe it's just a shrine guide or something. But yeah, 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 it's cool. Um, it looks like there's some new art on it that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, that's the most cool. Im- like to me, that's the coolest part of that. Yeah, um, I hope somebody rips that image and makes some cool wallpapers out of it. But yeah, this is cool. It's a good deal because I mean, they're with Nintendo games, we don't necessarily see them drop in price. They always like yep. to maintain the value of their like core titles for as long as possible. Right. They've had they've gone on record in saying that like to them, there's something important about doing that because it doesn't diminish the sort of value of quality that they yep. want to put across. Consumers have a different story, obviously, because to them, they're kind of like. Hey, that's cool, but like, can I get this game for 40 bucks like I do with any other game in the world when it launches? Yeah. But if they want to sort of increase the value of their games by not necessarily reducing the cost, but bundling new items, I'm totally cool with that. Like, if you buy Odyssey in six months and there's a guide to getting moons that comes in for free, yep. like, cool. I think it's a good idea. Awesome. So this is part of their, their Black Friday lineup, obviously. Um, they're not putting out a new uh, switch. You know, obviously they're, they're trying to get as many of the regular, the, uh, you know, the, Blue and red neon uh, and and the gray to to market, and they probably don't want to introduce another skew on top of that. But they are also uh, putting out. Remember, uh, previously announced the Pokeball themed um, and the orange white 2DS XL. Mm-hmm. So you know that it sounds like they have a bunch of options. And then obviously the Super NES Classic. Hopefully they'll get a couple more in stores as well. Uh, another quick new announcement: Rive, the game Rive Ultimate Edition, uh, really well received on on Steam. You know, PC shooter is coming to Switch on November seventh. Um, the developer is promising that it'll run faster and smoother than the uh, original game, which is uh, good news. If you haven't um, played it, it's kind of a, it's a 360 shooter, super fast pace, like pace colorful, colorful. Oh, cool. Yeah, you can shoot okay. any in any uh, direction. And then they basically they I don't know if, they, if it's fair to say they added a new co-op mode, but you can play uh, the tank uh, contr- when you're playing as the. Uh, as as the spider tank, you can you can split the Joy-Con. You know, that's like bogus. you guys have been doing with Link together. So uh, you know, you that's can copyright play. infringement. Yeah. yeah, that's right. You can we do, invented that. You can do Link together, um, uh, Rive Edition. So we'll have more once we play that game. We'll uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more. Yeah, but sure. it looks really cool. Yeah, we'll try to get some yep. hands on time before and it launches. Good good user reviews. So uh, we're going to go over some of the new Switch games on the market. Then talk about Fire Emblem Warriors and Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, Sonic Forces uh, is out by the time uh, that you're probably watching or listening to this. Um, that's the new Sonic game from the the Colors and Generations teams, different from Sonic Mania, which was kind of like the the fan made answer. Uh, it's not fair to call it a fan made game, but it's like it, it was more of a it it, it was a a two D kind of reimagining of the original games. This is a fully three D game. Uh, Sonic Adventure. Yeah, and it's you know similar to Sonic Adventure. There's a lot of running, a lot of forward running. We haven't gotten the game yet. No, uh, Sega we did hasn't... a let's play of the of the demo. I saw that. That was funny. Which is a very short let's play um, because it's a very short demo. It's actually timed and uh, 
Yeah, I had some trouble with the demo because I'm not great at 3D Sonic games. Uh, part of the reason why I've never truly connected with them. But also because the demo keeps popping up with like hints that eat into the overall time. But the big hook in this game is that uh, you can create your own main character who's sort of a hedgehog, I think. Other yep. people in the comments will have better ideas to, as to what animal that is that you can be. But you can be a sort of animal-themed hedge beast. Bottom line is you're some kind of critter. It's yep. some, some kind of critter. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like you play – so the demo is – it is literally like you start a level and it's one minute, isn't that yeah. right? Yeah. So, so not a great way to show off this game. Obviously, your Let's Play was very funny of it because it kept on cutting out and then you guys cut out the video at one point. Yeah. Which was hilarious. Yep. Look that up. Yeah, you guys are funny. Thanks. Sometimes. Uh, I, Thanks. <laughs> I'm very excited for this game because I have bad taste and I love Come Sonic on. Adventure. Like Sonic Adventure 1 and 2. Uh, those of you that, that, you like know Sonic me, Adventure? Well, I like Sonic Adventure. Too. Sega Dreamcast is my favorite system of all time, mm. hands down. And Sonic Adventure is, uh, just one of those games that like is not very good in hindsight. But when I was a kid, I remember playing the first one and thinking, It'll never get any better than this. Like games will never look better than this, and well, it, it just blew me away. And so, looking at this right now, and and you, you were right. How much it reminds me. Yeah, it you were right never, in terms of 3D Sonic. Yeah, games. It would never get any better than that. But looking at how that's much, not fair. Like how much of Sonic Adventures DNA is in this? Like I, I'll play the hell out of it. So, that game. but but they did. I mean, they're addressing a lot. So one of the the issues with with Sonic Adventure design was that it invites you to run, but then you're dead. Right. Like, and, and Sonic games sometimes have that issue. Now, big Sonic, uh, Sonic purists that his name say is big the cat. that's because, you know, it's a game that is more kind of like an arcade game where you play over and over and you learn where the traps are mm -hmm. and you get really, really good and you get this real kind of like rush of running fast. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Sonic Mania, I think, did a, did a really nice job at, uh, sorry, I hit my mic. I hate you, Mike. Uh, Sonic Mania did a really nice job at kind of removing some of those pitfalls. There's still, there were still some. And this game, you know, uh, has a lot more of those kind of homing attacks. Look how fast like it is. you, you hit the button to, uh, to home in on your enemies. Yep. You know, later Sonic games have been it's doing this pretty. for a while in 3D. Yeah. Looks really good. Mm -hmm. Uh, looks nice on Switch as well. There's, there's some 2D, uh, side scrolling stages too, right? Cool. Where the camera zooms out. But you have to love this style of gameplay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a silence. Very, everybody, it's a, and, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't. You don't. No. It's a very. It, it it's feels okay. almost like a endless runner to me, in a way. Yeah. I mean, but obviously there is an end to this. It is a Sonic game. There's an end to every level. But at the same time, it's so linear, mm -hmm. and and I don't mean that in just like the linear form factor, but the levels, like you can't go very much to the left. You can't go very much to right, the right. right. And it seems like those jumping points are almost scripted. Oh yeah. Because like, but I mean, it's about it's, rhythm, right? It's, those jumps are absolutely. about rhythm, homing in on an enemy and then making the perfect jump off. Yeah. We're all playing right. Mario but, Odyssey right now, which is very sandboxy. This is obviously in a very completely different direction. So, so but, that's good. But um, where forces you brought it up, you said they're very linear levels. I feel like that was the necessary improvement over Sonic Adventure though, where the levels were linear, but you could stop and jump down and explore and to me it always ground the game to a halt yeah. like i i like the game whenever you're like you're you know you're going down a street yeah. uh, and like you're jumping over cars like i like those moments when you're running fast when you're rolling around at the speed of sound you've got places to go that's to right but i'm i'm also i like can't you know playing mario i can't walk past a coin like i have to stop and grab it yeah. and so that was my issue with the original two adventures games like i always felt like oh man i'm missing all this stuff and then i'm asking myself am i having fun or am i getting more and more nervous because mm -hmm. my, my ocd is telling me don't run don't run but the game says run yeah. You know, but, uh, we'll see. So I, I mean, I'm looking forward to playing more than a minute of this. Yeah. Have you played more than a minute? Um, 
only because I tricked the demo. I figured out a way to restart it quickly, and it's as simple as just going into the options and hitting restart. You don't have to like actually end the oh. demo, so you just wait for it to get to like one second, and then just. But then you, you have to redo the, the level. The yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, it still yeah. sucks. So it was. <laughs> it was thanks for playing. But you don't have to watch that yeah. part. Yeah. Yeah. It was Groundhog Day then. Oh yeah, yeah. Groundhog Day. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Sega said there would be a day one patch to the game, which is why they haven't um, sent out codes yet. But we did get to play the game a little bit at some of the uh, expos, like PAX and Gamescom. So I tried it out. Uh, I I did like the the um, stages where the camera zooms out and you got this cool 2D look with the checkerboard um, mm-hmm. uh, setups and the, the loops and stuff. So we'll, we'll see. I'll give it a shot. Me too. Uh, that's a full, that's uh, that's like 50 bucks, right? Full price game? Yeah, that's a, that's a full Switch? retail game. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sparkle 2 Evo, that's a new game that came out for Switch. It's downloadable for five bucks. It's a little bit like Flow where you kind of, uh, you know, you, you like prim- primordial soup sim mm-hmm. is what they're called officially. No, really? No. Let's just make that up for you. I, I, uh, you could have tricked me. I mean, there's many weird genres out there these days. A couple of, a uh, couple of $10 games, uh, haven't played, I don't think any of us have played them yet. Uh, Wheels of Aurelia, uh, Heroes of the Monkey Tavern, uh, which there's, there's a demo for on the Switch. That's right. So we'll, we'll play that and let you know if any of these are worth getting. But one of the bigger, more expensive releases is actually Farming Simulator. And, uh, we joked about this game before. It is actually really big in Europe. And when if you go to Gamescom, uh, you'll see a huge booth dedicated to Farming Simulator, including real-life farming equipment like your combine harvesters and track. There was a tractor at Gamescom this year. Yep. Must, yeah, very must be very difficult to get a tractor. I love um, <laughs> in the, on the expo floor. Yeah. First of all, I, I love how like just realistic these games are. Like, and just, I'm, I'm not a farmer. I don't know if this is actually realistic, but just how like beautiful they are. Okay. Like they they made these games look really good. They really it's got weird. the hay down, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's weird because when I play like really simmy racing games, I can't get into them. I know Pear, you like some of those games. I like right? racing sims, yeah. Like Gran Turismo and stuff yeah. like that. Because to me, racing like at its core is about going really fast and taking tight turns and being awesome, like doing stuff like that. But there's no real like thrill to farming for me. So <laughs> when I do this sort of more mundane stuff, I'm actually sort of into it. Like, so I've been playing this game. You've been, you've been playing yeah. this game too, right? But you don't, so you don't like economic sims, right? Where you're like, you're building an economy and you're trying to make your, like maybe you like SimCity, but do you, I like Animal Crossing because I'm building okay. my economy. But like, but this game, it's like they have this whole system where you're managing a farm and you need to bring in the dollars and everything. Yeah. But then they have that little like, kind of like that blast core, big machinery element to it where you get to play around with the machines, yeah, right? Yeah, which is really that's fun. Where you like. Well, because I, I feel like You like that, toys. I like the toys because I think that, that there's a little more room for to just like kind of mess around. Yeah. Like you can go out in, in the hay field and just be a big disaster <laughs> and like, you know, like oh, oh, maybe you lose some friends or family members over time, but it's not real. So you're not taking this it's seriously. It's fake farm stuff, you guys. See, I, um, I was playing it for reals. What? Uh, and I didn't do that. I, you, you said, uh, you know, it's kind of ridiculous to see how realistic it is. When you have your tractor and you're attaching like a really heavy, like a backhoe or something that's very, very heavy, you actually have to attach a weight to the front of your tractor to counterbalance it. Like I'm assuming I don't know anything about farm equipment. I grew up in the on the countryside, so I know what it smells like on a farm. But sure. um, I assume this is accurate, and it's just you have so many uh, like little controls for all the farm equipment to like extend the feeders mm-hmm. and like lift everything up or or lower things. <laughs> it's I think it's really good. You're yeah. laughing me at me. I think maybe it's because I'm German. 
We we just genetically we're predisposed to liking the farming sims. No, I, I no. Would be, you like shooting people. We like farming. I would be way more embarrassed to be caught f- playing farming simulator than any like anime beach what? volleyball really? game. Oh yeah, my god! It's, it's just such a like a bonkers concept for a video game to me. It's like you you're just gonna go and farm. Like just super I mean, realistic. Like, so the thing is, like video that games, sound fun. but video games are escapism, right? And yeah. like, so if I can do something in a video game that I can't do anywhere else, like I, I live in a major city. I have for most of my life. Like I can't like just start farming. But you, I can't just go to like Golden Gate Park with like a backhoe and start played, ripping up mulch. You played Harvest Moon, right? Like you get yeah. the attraction of like doing some of that kind of like planning something, sure. and then in this game you can also you know you can hire people to drive the combine harvester if you don't want to do it yourself. But mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's why would you want to not do it? There's, yeah, there's, you got to drive straight. There's a there's a thing about <laughs> escapism where there it gets to a certain point where it curves all mm-hmm. the way back around and it's just like two. That's why I don't play sim racers. Or backhoes. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I think you're exactly. wrong. Exactly. That's why you got you to gotta put weights on your front. You're gonna on play front. <laughs> Philip, are you going to play this game? I'm probably not going to play it. Um, I've never been too much of a fan <laughs> of real-life farming or yeah. farming simulators. You heard it here first. But at the same farms. time... <laughs> yeah, I hate farms. Um, <laughs> I don't agree with them or Ever what they do. Ever since the accident. <laughs> But um, no, I just I think that it's cool that they hit on something that works, and obviously yeah, yeah. there's a there's a crowd for that, you know. There is an audience, a surprisingly large audience for it. There, a couple of other games came out. Super Beat Sports, it's like a mini game collection. I just started that one today. It's Harmonix made that. Oh yeah, which I forgot. Yeah, um, that's right. There's a it's demo a, for that as well. Yeah, right? it's yeah. a it's a sort of like rhythm based sports mini game collection, and so far it's been really fun. I tried the first few games, and one of them is this baseball game where an octopus is pitching baseballs at this little cartoon character yeah. at different sort of rhythms and frequencies. And hitting them on the right time, it feels almost like Guitar Hero lanes. Ah. Like uh, it's really clever, and it's cool to see Harmonix doing cool stuff. So Harmonix obviously made the Guitar Hero games uh, responsible for uh, a lot of that rhythm game. Mm Uh, goodness back in the days uh, perception came out on the switch um that's that horror game where you're you're playing from the first person uh you're you play as a blind woman it's funny the cover art looks like naomi kyle always like if you <laughs> really you yeah. haven't seen it yeah the, and uh, uh but it's um you you basically you have to tap the ground and you get this like daredevil vision like in yeah, the dark. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I, but if you if you make noise the monsters come for you so you have to kind of balance it um but it is uh, – our reviewer didn't like the game. I was going to say we gave it a four, yeah, yeah. Or because I was um, I was really let down by that game Don't Knock Twice. Yep. And I've been looking yeah. for a good horror game on Switch because, like, it's such a quiet personal system when you have your headphones on and, like, you're in bed and lights are off. I wanted something, like, spooky to play on it. It's Halloween yeah. time. Uh, and then I went and read our review and skipped it. So. I think the concept is better than the execution because, like, when you actually play the game, you can see how it gets very, very annoying that you're encouraged to not see anything. Yeah. To be safe. And like, uh, and, and it's just because the, the field of vision is so limited. Yeah. Uh, you know, to this kind of echolocation effect. It, you know, it, it kind of grates on you is what our reviewer said. It, it's just not that fun. And then the horror elements aren't strong in the story. Did mm-hmm. you see, uh, you guys, I take it probably watched the PlayStation press conference from yes. Paris yep. Games Week. In the lead up to the PlayStation conference, they showed a game called Strife, I believe. That's the exact same concept as yep. this game. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that it's a horror game per se, but it's, it's the same exact thing. You pl- you're blind, it's totally dark, and you have to make sound to create the visuals for your work. Like you use yep. this sort of sonar system, which I thought was kind of crazy that it, it's an old it's, developer it's, trick. It's also, like that. you know why? Yeah. You don't have to put any colors in the game. That's no true. colors, no uh, colors. Colors are very expensive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <But> <laughs> the reception to that game is a little bit more positive. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Um, uh, 
I, I did want to say I actually played Perception and I thought it was a lot better than Don't Knock Twice. Yep. Um, I thought it was a lot scarier, definitely. Good. But um, yeah, I can definitely see how like the whole blind mechanics can be like a little wearing after a while um, because it does get so limiting with your you know visual experience with the game. But that's of course what it is. That's yeah. the hook. Yeah. Um, and that's, and I think that's I mean obviously there are games that that uh, inhibit your field of vision or sound to make a point and right. like I I value those experiences. There's some really good indie games that play with color or lack of uh, lack of vision um but this is more of a full-fledged game so it's not a kind of like a two-hour indie experience absolutely. this is a bigger quest right 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 yeah. absolutely it's i think it's like 15 dollars on the switch mm-hmm. okay so um, it, it is it is cheaper than a full-fledged game though. yeah yeah um but i mean if you if you like horror games and if you somewhat enjoyed don't knock twice i think it's not Okay. You know, I think it is something you should definitely check out. Um, yep. I enjoyed it. I'm happy with it. I'm probably going to finish it. Oh, so. cool. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. More, more fights? Just super quickly because I want to get to Fire yeah. Emblem. Philip, you and I are both playing this, right? Yep. Yes. Um, more, I, more fight, uh, that's, that just came out on the, on the second. Yep. Uh, $15 game as well. Yeah. Um, the easiest pitch to describe it is, is sort of like a light version of No Man's Sky. I'd say without, the promises of the entire universe that that game sort of fell to. Um, but it's really interesting. The main mechanics here are you are this like futuristic space character. You walk around these kind of almost Metroid Prime environments and you scan things and then shoot things and mine them for, for, ob- you know, for sort of elements and then use that to upgrade your ship, to go to other planets, to visit other things. So, you know, effectively the, the core loop of No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can tell also just from the art style as well, like it looks a lot like yes. No Man's Sky. It it's also got that low poly look to it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And also Whoops. the um <laughs> and when you shoot stuff, when you're like mining for things, you you literally just shoot it with your gun like you yeah. do in no, Man, no Man's Sky and it just comes flying towards you. So yep. they've they've taken a lot of elements from it. So it definitely is like that No Man's Sky light type experience. Mm-hmm. But um as you play through the game, you do meet like other characters. Um the story does develop and it rewards you for staying on the path. Yeah. Um like you can go out and explore but it's literally not nearly as exciting as just going through with the story. I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. I had to tweak the, um, sort of sensitivity settings a little bit cause I felt it was a little bit floaty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found a sweet spot where I actually like it now, but it's interesting to play a first person shooter type game yeah. on switch. Cause we don't really have a lot of those. Um, and this isn't really like a action running gun type of first person shooter. It's a lot slower, more methodical, more exploration based. Um, and it's a little rough around the edges, you know, it's a little floaty and a little cumbersome here and there. Jumping is not as precise as I wanted it to be, but I like it. There's something endearing and charming about it. And I think I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Fire Emblem Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, you know, we, we kind of touched upon it, but skipped over it because it was the busy times. Um, I haven't been able to convince you guys yet to really go deep into I, that I game. I've played a bit of it. Yeah. A little bit. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, f- you've played it, obviously. I'm about halfway through it. Yeah. I'm, I'm playing it now. I'm sidetracked, obviously, by, by the release of Mario Odyssey, but I, I was very surprised because even though I'm a huge Zelda fan and, um, I played Hyrule Warriors, I had, I had issues with that game. Like, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed myself just because of the, the characters, but I felt like, you know, it was kind of limited by its dynasty warriors, like repetitive, like always hitting lots of enemies and like you're never, you never full, f- feel like you're fully in control. Whereas like, I feel like they fixed a lot of things for this game. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I definitely think that there's, it seems like there's a lot more to do. I like the whole tactics and strategy aspect of how they've incorporated that from the mainline fire, fire emblem series. Um, so I think that's definitely like, like a main definitive 
changing factor, I guess, from what makes it different from Hyrule Warriors. Um, I personally am not as nearly as big of a fan of Fire Emblem as I am Zelda or that series, but I still really enjoyed my time with this game, and I definitely plan on finishing it. I think that there's like a lot to do, and the action feels really good, surprisingly. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a huge Fire Emblem fan, and I play all the games in the series, so I, I liked some of the the returning characters it has some of the awesome kind of nonsense fun dialogue that the uh, that the handheld franchise has as well um you can see like if you're watching uh, the video version of of nvc you can see the map overlay uh, in the top right corner and you can really you get a really good glimpse of what's going on on the map which you know in hyrule warriors you had to kind of manage your time between the different areas too and take over uh take over areas and defend them but in this game it's just much the execution is so much better because you can pause at any time you can tell your units uh, to go to certain places. You can take over at any time. And so you have this, you know, if, if you like uh, playing as a, a character with bow and arrows better, you can you can spend most of your time with that character or you can play somebody in horseback or, you know, on a Pegasus. Um, and then you that comes with all the limitations and the powers that certain weapons are strong against certain uh, other weapons, right? You have the weapons triangle of mm-hmm. axe cuts a spear in half basically, right? So use an axe against the, the spear and so forth uh and then it has the uh, the weaknesses of like a flying um a flying character is weak against arrows and so that really it adds this pressure to really keep an eye on all your units and and switch between them i really like that in this game and then they did a really nice job just making it look more like fire emblem do you think this game will get like hyrule warriors level of post-launch support that that game lived for a very long time i mean they they got links awakening characters and costumes yeah, and i'm hoping stuff. i mean is, they, is there a deep enough vault of fire oh god stuff? jesus yeah. yeah i mean the vault for fire emblem is deeper than the vault for zelda wow because of the how many characters are in each and every game um, and the series obviously has been going going on since the the NES days too, mm-hmm. right? The Famicom days. Um, so yeah, there's a really deep well for any of this. It has uh, Fire Emblem. The series has great music as well, and so they can do more with that. Um, no, I think you know, and like the the concept of enemies spawning from certain points, all those things are present in the strategy game series, right? Like you want to you want to occupy a place so that no, enemies don't come out. That's a key gameplay component of the game, and this one has you taking over an area and having your troops guarded so that the enemies don't come out. Um, it's fun. It has it has the thieves. You know, like in Fire Emblem, like when a thief is on the map, you're like, oh crap, where's the, uh, where's the, the treasure chest? You gotta get there before the, the thief gets there. And they have these elements in here too. So you kind of get diverted from your prime quest to go after them as well. Yeah. It's cool too how like when you do have certain like characters on your team, um, how like let's say if a bridge is collapsed and, but you have yep. like a character with a flying horse, you can like use that character to fly over the broken collapsed bridge. Whereas if you didn't, then you'd be stuck and you'd have to go around, take the longer route and wouldn't be able to finish the level as fast. So. So right. I think that like little things like that are cool because it adds different ways to actually complete a level if you wanted to do it differently. So it's awesome. Yeah, I yeah. feel like the game is getting getting overlooked a little bit, and I think that's because the <laughs> Muso series has been going on so long, and it yeah. feels like it's always this kind of. You know, the games never look amazing visually either. There's always this kind of like the lighting is never that great. Yeah, I think uh, I mean if you look at how much stuff is going on screen, that's it. It's, yeah. yeah. So Listen, uh, it feels like what happened with Arms. And Splatoon, where it's like this is this is being eclipsed by Nintendo themselves. Oh, maybe right. Like if they, I know they wanted to keep their thing going of like one big tentpole game every month, but this this game could have waited a little bit or could have come a little earlier. I mean, this this game launched and within what a few weeks we were playing Odyssey. Yeah. So 
Like that's a that's a big elephant in the room wearing a red hat. Well, let's it's talk. Not let, actually powerful, and you can. Get let's talk game. about that elephant. Oh, you're talking about Yono. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about that elephant in the room. Uh, so obviously, we've all played more Super Mario Odyssey. If you haven't uh, watched or listened to last week's episode, uh, hit that up and hear our first impressions with Ryan McCaffrey, who reviewed the game. And we will, we are planning to have a spoiler cast where we go more in depth for those players who have already finished the game. Uh, who's finished it here? I've finished it. I have. Not me. You're, yeah. you're still going. You're still. Going, still working on it right um and so you know maybe we'll wait another week before we do that and we'll try our best to be uh uh we'll be spoiler free in this discussion of course but we, yeah. we will go into kind of end game and ending uh maybe in the next episode and we'll let you know in advance of course but uh how, where are you guys how are you feeling about the game i really love it a lot <laughs> yeah I, re- I really love it a lot i don't even know where to start really I yeah mean, it's 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 sort of it feels to me I guess the simplest way to put it is at, at its best moments it feels like the the sequel to Super Mario sixty four yep. that we never truly got yep. right um right. and that is it, on any given day one of my top three video games ever made up there with you know Resident Evil four and a couple of others uh and I think it works really really well in providing these tremendously well designed sandboxes and nudging the player to explore them and creatively solve um microcosmic little puzzles that happen on the most granular to the grandest levels uh and rewarding the player with with those decisions um it's so much fun and it's so playful and it's so joyous that it's almost like sublime in just how eccentric and adventurous and and crazy it gets uh, i think like where other games sort of excel in you look at something like zelda the the world is built upon your ability to travel deep into it and get lost and survive and not know where you are. But this game is just so damn fun on a moment-to-moment level mm-hmm. that I think we lose that a lot in video games. And it's really awesome that re- Nintendo, of all companies, remembers exactly how to find it. I think they did a great job here. So m- what I'm most impressed with uh, is uh, the control system is freaking awesome like the way the character feels like yeah, there there are a lot of gamers who are upset with the forced motion controls and mm-hmm. and i would agree yes it would be nice if you could do the the hat throw up and down uh map to a button or something you can e- even when you're playing handheld you basically flip up the system and it is not as it is definitely not as nice it's not as responsive works yeah. okay with a pro controller uh, and i would love to see an alternate um control scheme if they could patch that in in in, mm-hmm. in the end it would be nice but the way the character controls the way like any kid can play this game and do a bunch of things and finish a bunch of levels but how it ramps up and yeah. I, I'm doing a lot of uh, things now I'm you know I'm just under 400 uh, 400 moons into the game and they're over 900 mm-hmm. uh, but I'm doing a lot of things where I throw my cap and I jump on my cap I bounce off I throw it again and then, and then I dive. do a dive jump right yeah. so you can get to certain um, moons that way that you uh, otherwise, you would have to get one of the characters with a special power. Yeah, it's, I was, it's essentially sequence breaking, right? You know, like you're constantly sequence breaking. But it, but on purpose. I mean, yeah. they they give you that power and they kind of like tell you about it a little bit more when you get deeper into the game. You have it from the very beginning, but you you can just once you have me- once you have figured out how to do it, you're not always going to make the jump because you know it it takes skill and coordination to do it. But you can do such great things with it. I just yeah. love how the game opens up where. 
I, I feel like I get to moons in a way where I go like, oh, nobody else on earth has figured out how to do this. Yeah. Or, or you do the stupid thing where you go like, oh, I bet if, let me see if I can get up there. And you get up there and there's a whole pile of cash up there. They're yeah. coins that you're like, man, they thought about it. They, they figured you'd be able to get up there. And that's, that's the thing that I think is so strong about this particular iteration of Mario that it is, constantly stacking rewards like it's constantly giving you rewards for doing stuff for for venturing off the beaten path whether it's uh second hidden moons in in uh puzzle areas or (laughs) cash on top of uh you know like high hard to reach places like it's just it's a stream of instant gratification over and over and over again which is it just it's a joy to play in that regard i i find myself playing it with a big goofy grin on my face Mm -hmm. and it, it more than once i've been playing it into the wee hours of the morning and literally just let out like a yes when I do something, you know, like I just, I get t- I, so excited. There, there are two yeah. sequences yeah. that we'll talk about in the spoiler cast, not here, where it was just like, that's so awesome. I know I, one of them. I, I that yelled, is so brilliant. I yelled, I was, I, I, and I won't spoil this, but yeah. I, I was towards <laughs> one of the end levels of the game. <laughs> And I looked at my TV with with pro controller in hand, and I yelled like a corny '90s video game commercial. This is awesome! <laughs> just like that. It was the stupidest, corniest thing. But I was like, I just had to let that out of me because I was having then so much fun. Then he did a kickflip. Yeah, and then like my mom was like, "Come up for dinner." Yeah, it's like so corny. Uh, like very what you, '90s. What do you think, Philip? I mean, you know, 3D Mario's, as we all know, have always usually been about exploration mainly, yeah. right? Um, and so this one, I think, just takes it to a whole nother level because, like you said, Pear, it just allows you to feel like you're discovering new things for the first time. And yep. I've had that experience so many times while playing this game. Um, and I'm just so happy that it's the kind of game that, like, you can play it really at your own pace. I mean, you can jump into a level and be done with it in as quick as, like, 20 minutes or half an hour um, and then move on, but then come back and still have like so many moons to get in that level, like 30, 40 plus, you know? So, and there's reward, right? You brought it up. The economy is such that it takes a while to get coins. And in the beginning when I played, I'm like, really? The only penalty is losing 10 coins. And, but some of the trickier levels where you have to like run super fast, I call them diarrhea flowers. You guys know the flowers you, you take and you go super fast. Gross. And like his butt's on fire and he's like, yeah, the diarrhea flowers, Mario becomes really hard to control diarrhea flowers. He, yeah, he certainly does. But, but it's like you, you can die a bunch of times and it will take down your, your coins. I've definitely. And you need the coins for a special reward that you can buy. I've definitely lost like, up to 60 or 70 coins on stuff and like start to feel the hurt, you know, where, yep. where yeah. you'll drop down and be like, Oh, I've spent a lot of money trying to get this one power moon because I'm bad at the game. But yeah. It's, but it's I, not like you're going to zero and it's game no, over. It's I more had, like, Oh no, I need that money. Stop yeah. it. I had you know? 4,000 mm-hmm. coins when I finished this game. And now then I built up to 9,999 because there's something you can get when yep. you have that many. Um, so that was never really an issue for me. But oh, then I the spent I spent all these coins, and then uh, I'm doing a bunch of endgame stuff now. They, I'll say real real quick, um, one of the worries I had about this game going in was that it wouldn't be very challenging, that the sort of sandboxy, here's a moon, there's a moon nature of it would be a little too easy. Yep. And I think if you stick to the core path in this game, it is. But yep. when you dig around the edges, the margins, the corners of this game, there are some 
genuinely difficult platforming sections yeah. akin to the stuff in Sunshine where they take your cap away yeah. uh, or your your flood, flood away. Um, there's a lot of stuff like that there uh, and some of it works really well. Sometimes it's based on a power-up you get in the game where you have to play an entire sort of yeah. sub-level like that. But it gets very, very tricky um, and there's some stuff that like definitely had my palms sweating. Mm-hmm. There were some sections that I was just like nervous as hell like to get to the very end of. You're just inching along very tiny platforms very precariously and that's what I was looking for here. Mm-hmm. I was looking for that like that crazy, insane, very creative, very difficult challenge in 3D platforming. And I think when it gets there, uh, it really delivers. I was playing in parent mode too, the two the two player. I mode. actually haven't tried that mode yeah, yet. So where, what's that like? Well, the other the other character can basically like when you turn it on in the options, your cap like floats above your head to to signify that a second player is in control of Cappy. So it does get easier. The second player can do all sorts of stuff while you're focused on controlling Mario. So collecting coins or like hitting an enemy who's coming after you behind you, things that you wouldn't be able to do just in single player. So it, it becomes easier. If you're a parent, I think your kids would have a ton of fun with this game, just kind of messing around, finding moons. There, there are lots of challenges, things that are easy to do, like stomping the ground to find like a sparkling spot to find a moon. There's a really big boss in the game that I think is too difficult for a lot of kids to take down, so they would need a little help overcoming it. I don't think you're there yet okay um but uh just call me when you get there yeah <laughs> i'm further than you it's, it's pretty awesome but um uh it, like i love that they took the time to add this mode there are a couple of things that make the game very very easy like for example if you have the princess peach amiibo did you know you you can scan an amiibo anytime in the game so yeah. i just learned that okay i yeah. thought you could only do it at uncle amiibo uh-huh. no so you can hold down the the uh-huh. right uh d-pad whatever this thing is the, the bowser d, the d button <laughs> the mario amiibo yep. And the Peach Amiibo. Oh, and quick note, we got a letter from an NVC fan before. Yep. It's not every Bowser Amiibo. He went to GameStop and he bought the Skylanders Bowser Amiibo. Yep. It doesn't register as a Bowser Amiibo, oh. there, even though it does in Smash Brothers. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. But, but Peach will give you the, the super heart, basically yeah. double your health. And so like, at if any you, time, if you have any time, any time. And like you're in a boss fight, boss fight, you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you, you're, you can help your kids with that. I think I'm not going to do this very often. It makes the game too easy. I mm-hmm. think if you can always replenish your health, you'll still fall into chasms, of course, but yeah. um, yeah. you can I'm, spam the star invincibility too, right? Oh yeah, you can Mario stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you can just back and forth health, yeah. invincibility. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. It's, Cause I'm, I don't, again, it feels sort of like cheating. Uh, and I found all the purple coins in the game without Bowser's help, which I'm, I'm an insane person. But I don't if, know what's wrong with me. But you got you got to have some self control. I mean, it is very easy to cheese the game because of that amiibo functionality. Yeah. But I, I'm, as a parent, I think this is awesome. Like, if you have kids and they get frustrated, you can you can bring out the amiibo and help them, and they'll have fun. Just uh, can I ask you guys a personal question? Yeah. The Switch is a portable system. Have you ever brought an amiibo on an airplane? <laughs> Uh, uh, yes. Yes. My daughter had the entire <laughs> Splatoon set with her in an airplane. Room. And she was yeah. scanning him on the plane. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Yeah. I love that. I it brought is... him with me just because I needed to take care of him. Yeah. So they wouldn't break. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we will, uh, we will have plenty of more, uh, Mario discussion, uh, next week. Uh, and again, we will be very careful to not spoil anything for you, but, Time out. Uh, let's, let's real quick before we move, let's do a quick power moon count. I'm closing in on 200. I have 191. You said you had 600 and something. 620. You animal. <laughs> just under 400. 115. Nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, this guy has been a little busy moving, mm-hmm. packing up his life and moving to San Francisco. Ask me next week yeah. how many moves yeah. I have. All right. Yeah, there's no <laughs> sleeping this week, Philip. Uh, so we wanted to quickly uh, sneak in. I hope uh, we, we have the time to sneak in two questions from, from our users. Uh, these questions are from our mailbag. Uh, NVC at IGN.com is how you can reach us there. Um, but we, we also check comments in, in other places and we'll answer questions there. Um, this question is from Niels Yidemir. Um, and also David Barber asked the same question. Uh, this is uh, Niels's question. He said, Odyssey is great. However, the special moves that you can only perform with motion controls is beyond me. When playing in handheld mode with the controllers attached or with the pro control- controller, this isn't exactly optimal. It wouldn't be hard to map these special moves to a button combo, but Nintendo chose not to do that for some reason. What are your opinions on this? Totally. Do you agree. guys play split Joy-Con or so, uh, pro controller? I've been playing... Almost only with pro controller, yep. unless I'm here on your TV. I'm, I'm picking up a couple of power okay. moves on lunch or something. But yeah, like yeah. I've been playing with pro controller, and the pro controller to do the motion moves is really easy. Yeah, like yeah. it's really easy to to be playing with the pro controller and just flick it one way to do the circle spin, or or pop it up to to have Mario throw his hat up. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly think the pro controller is easier to do it than with the split Joy-Con, yeah. but it's nearly impossible to do it on the tablet. Like uh, yeah, in handheld really mode, I'm I'm having a lot of trouble doing yeah. that. And I mentioned um, bringing Amiibo on a flight, but I had a cross country flight yesterday. My entire plan was sit down, get as many moons as possible on this flight, and then get off the airplane. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and solid plan and also fly across the country. Right. But I um found a moon that you needed to get. This is not a spoiler or anything, but there's a bunch of non diarrhea flowers on the ground Ugh. and you have to throw your cap in <laughs> in the quick the quick like sort of circular movement. Yep. Um which with the pro controller is kind of a twist to the hand and all the ca- all the flowers light up and you get this you get the moon. Yep. Um I couldn't do that on an airplane, there was a guy sleeping next to me and I detached the joy cons and I was just like shaking him around. And yeah. I like, I saw the guy wake up a little bit and I was like, I can't wake up this man cause I'm trying to get a moon right now. <laughs> like this is just like, it's not necessary. So I think that's sort of, it's kind of crappy, honestly, yeah. like it's almost disingenuous and it sort of, um, loses the focus of what this entire system is when you are forced in those scenarios where you have to play it like that. Like you can't just play in handheld mode with Joy Cons attached and get every moon in the game or be as great as someone who's playing without it. Like so, yeah, that kind of sucks. I agree with that. Uh, I have good news for you because the the spin you can do by twirling the stick okay. and throwing the hat. Like but you it, have to spin and then you throw the hat and you, and it does the same thing. It's and much lights harder up. and it takes a lot longer it is. to get it going. Yeah. Like in a group of enemies or it, something. You're yeah. absolutely yeah. right. What I ran into, I, I flew to LA yesterday and uh, I had to do the. Um, you you know, they have posters on walls. You can right. tear down the posters. Yeah. And I had to throw the hat straight up. And I went like this. I did the old omelet flip with my thing. And like, yeah, it shakes the seats, right? Yeah. Um, well, so I wish they had just mapped that to one of the buttons because whoa, honestly, even, honestly, motion controls. Uh-huh. Yeah. Honestly, there are enough buttons on this thing to let you well, uh, let it, you throw. It's what we learned from like Star out. Fox yeah. 64 3D or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like right. motion controls plus handheld don't really work. I mean, Ocarina of Time did it well with like minor aiming stuff, you know, in terms of like bow and I don't arrows like and stuff. the aim, the subtle aim works. That I can do, yeah. but like anything where you're flipping the system up yeah. and losing your actual line of line sight. Of sight right. Right. Yeah. Like it worked, it worked really well in Breath of the Wild, I think, yeah. the motion controls because they didn't obviously force those upon you. Yeah. And it's just like minor tilts, you yeah. know, and it didn't like the, the only time it really got annoying was the like the, the shrine puzzles where you're like right. twisting the ball and stuff like that. How are you doing it? 
just like this. You know, just <laughs> but with Odyssey, Paris totally right. You're either doing this or this or God forbid something. Yeah, like that this. that yeah. weird. And, and it just doesn't feel like you're holding this three hundred dollar handheld, and you're like, I don't want to like. You almost you uh, just displaying it just now. You almost threw it out of your hand. I'm 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 always Luckily annoyed when I'm always annoyed when people set up petitions for small things. Like they're the petitions like fire a reviewer because they didn't like the same game. But in this case, I I wouldn't do it a petition, but I would love it if Nintendo patched alternate controls into this because it, it feels like it's doable because it's just some of the core head, yeah. head controls uh quick last question uh not that quick but hopefully we have the time sorry barrett um clark from cleveland is asking when playing odyssey i started thinking this might be the best year in the big ends history with the release of the massively successful switch two masterpiece console games and a gaggle of other great games for the switch a 2d metroid for the 3ds and the gloriously nostalgic super nes classic and the year isn't even over yet i was wondering if you guys agree of uh or have another year that might be the best for nintendo thanks to nintendo this might be my favorite year in gaming certainly usurping 2011 and maybe even beating out 1997 to 98 uh that's the two years I know from uh, SOTN to MGS, Ocarina of Time, Banjo-Kazooie, uh, most of my favorite games of all time were released mm-hmm. in that window. Thanks for all the great shows. What do you guys think? Do you think this is the best year for Nintendo? Like just looking at Nintendo's first party releases? It's been phenomenal. Uh, yeah. That's for sure. I definitely – I think it's been one of the best years in a long time. Yeah. Obviously, you know, with the Wii U and, and that whole situation, they went through a, a really rough period. Um, and this has been just an incredible comeback in, you know, in the industry. So I think for me – Personally, um, and just with the games that we've been playing and the amazing system that we now have, um, it, it has been the best year that I can remember yeah. in quite some time. Yeah, and obviously there's still a Pokemon game coming out, right? right. Uh, there is, uh, we've got, uh, we, we had Ever Oasis in addition to Fire Emblem Echoes, which I thought was really good. Uh, Samus Returns, Xenoblade still coming out, right? Super Mario Odyssey, Breath of the Wild, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Arms Splatoon 2, Fire Emblem Warriors, right? Like a, a really good lineup. So I, I took a look back at, um, lineups from the past. Uh, you know, 1986 on the disc system, we had Zelda, Kid Icarus, Metroid, and Super Mario Brothers 2, the Japanese version, all in one year. It's a good year. Yeah, that's a good year. 1991, we had F-Zero, Pilot Wings, Super Mario World, SimCity, and Game Boy Wars. Mm-hmm. That's Advance Wars. Advance Wars, right? Yeah. The original one. 1992, we had Link to the Past, so that's already a good year. We're done here. Uh, Mario Paint, Super Mario Kart, and Kirby's Dreamland. But yeah, I would say, you know, a lot of these, there are years where they're, they're kind of marquee titles like Super Metroid. Um, but I think the big, the two big ones are 1996, Super Mario 64, Pilot Wing 64, Wave Race 64, Tetris Attack on the Game Boy, Donkey Kong Land 2, and Pokemon Red and Green. So mm-hmm. these debuted in Japan. That was like the first time Pokemon came out. That's a killer year. But if you go back and you realize that was it, there wasn't anything else on N64, right? Like you have these three hot games, but there wasn't any third-party support. Right. Like I think you may be onto something. This might yeah. be the best year. Yeah, it really might. Yeah. 20 tough to beat tough to beat 2002. So what's in 2002 yeah, is that? 2002 is Super Mario Sunshine, Animal Crossing, Metroid Prime, Metroid Fusion, Zelda Four Swords and Fire Emblem uh Fui no Tsurugi. Thank you. Yeah. So that's uh that's an amazing game. Um yeah, that uh you know. That's yeah, that's that's interesting. That's sort of a cheat year because Animal Crossing was a port of an N64 game at the time and I would say 
Odyssey's but, better than Sunshine. Oh yeah, for but, sure. Yeah, I but, mean, but Metroid Prime, damn. But we yeah, didn't. Yeah. Animal Crossing didn't come out in the U.S. Right, the uh, Dobutsu no Mori, the yeah. Japanese uh, game, only came out in uh, yeah, only came out in, in Japan on the N sixty four. Yeah, it's tough. Like if you just look at the the U.S. market, um, I don't know. Like Sunshine, Sunshine is a really good game. It's it's. I think Odyssey runs circles around it. Totally. Yeah. Um, I think you're right. I mean, Breath of the Wild and Odyssey are games that many people would easily list as their favorites in those franchises. Yeah. I mean, the fact that both of those games came from Nintendo and IGN gave them a 10 back to back this year uh, is unheard of for yeah. a yeah. publisher. Like if if I look at my my favorite, you know, my classic favorite Zelda game, Ocarina of Time was in 1998. That was the year that F-Zero X, Banjo-Kazooie, 1080 Snowboarding, Yoshi's Story, and Pokemon Red and Blue came out in the U.S. So that's a really strong year, too. I like that you put Yoshi's Stories in parentheses here. Because it's not that it's good. It's not that good. <laughs> it is not that good. I still yeah. enjoy it, but it's just so easy that yeah. there's no challenge. Very short. Yeah. What do you think? Best year? Um, yeah, definitely this year, 2017, I'd have to say, you know, like I just enjoyed the game so much. Breath of the Wild was such an amazing experience and a return to that series for me. Like it reinvented the Zelda series. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, you know, we lost, I guess, dungeons, um, you know, or, or how we knew them throughout the beginning of Zelda. But I think that it yeah. brought a lot of new elements and a lot of new mechanics that are going to stay in that series. Yeah. I hope um, they do for the long run. Yeah. And I think when we said this a little last week too, but I think the fact that all of this is happening in the same year where they launched a wildly successful console yeah is also you know that really says a lot like a lot of these the like the gamecube had been going for a little while by the time we got animal crossing metroid prime and super mario sunshine in the same year but this is year one for the switch Mm -hmm. yeah and so let's round it out just with a a quick note nintendo released their their earnings right they uh, talked about the install base switch sales are now at 7.63 million worldwide um just by comparison, the Wii U in its entire lifespan is at 13.5 million. Mm-hmm. So the wow. Switch is already halfway there, and Nintendo actually took up its forecast for the for the um, rest of the year. For the, for them, the year ends in March. That's their fiscal year. Uh, they took up the forecast from 10 million units to 14 million. So by the end of the year, if Nintendo is right, the Switch will have forecast outsold, uh, yeah. outsold the uh, the lifetime sales. So that's that's, that's pretty impressive stuff. A really good comeback from a company that was used to downscaling its, uh, you know, taking down its estimates yeah. on the Wii U. And I think at that rate, it's on track to outsell the PS4's first year as well, right? Well, yeah. And the yep. interesting thing about that is that this system did not launch in the holiday season. It launched mm-hmm. in March. Right. Um, exactly. And the PS4 was a little weirder because it had a sort of staggered launch in yep. terms of worldwide um and everything was kind of focused with with nintendo with the switch uh but yeah it launched in march and it's doing these kind of numbers so it hasn't even truly had its first holiday yet that's about and, to begin yeah. and then you know now it's we have to keep an eye on the 3ds and how that will do as more people buy the switch but 3ds software was also high um you know it, it uh it's at 69 million units sold across the 3ds line that inc- includes the 2ds of course nice so uh really good stuff <laughs> super mario odyssey sold 2 million units in three days that's the fastest selling Super Mario game in history. The Super NES Classic is also at 2 million units sold. So, I mean, obviously there is more stock out there, but it's still selling out everywhere. Uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, a re-release, did 4.4 million units. It's crazy. Already. It's crazy. On the Switch, and that's behind Breath of the Wild with 4.7 million. I think, uh, already Mario is, is 
easily outselling Zelda in Japan. Mm-hmm. I think we'll see the same thing here. I think this game is going to have less uh, legs. Splatoon 2, 3.6 million. 1 to Switch, 1.3 million. Arms, 1.35 million. Uh, total software sales for the Switch now at 27 million. Pretty good year. Probably the best year for Nintendo. Nintendo yeah. 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 And, uh, obviously we will have plenty more on Nintendo's successes and, and misfortunes in the future on the show. Uh, I'm so happy that Philip is joining us because it means less work for all of us. <laughs> we can, uh, pawn off lots of work, uh, on you, um, to help us plan, uh, the, the show in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, good to have you on board. Welcome. Absolutely. I'm Again. so happy to be here. Thank you guys. And, uh, where can people find you guys when you're not on NVC? Uh, I'm going to be uh, right here for the next couple of weeks just playing Mario Odyssey. Okay. Just right here in the studio. Yeah. And but, on Twitter. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Zachariah Okay. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Agent Bizzle. I'm also on Up at Noon every Thursday at 12 p.m. Pacific time here at IGN as well as Podcast Beyond if you want to hear me talk about PlayStation stuff. Nice. Plus a bunch of other shows. Where can people find you? And I suggest you guys, um, if you uh, if you liked what you heard from Philip today, follow him on Twitter and ask him lots of questions. Yeah, you can find me at Twitter or on Twitter at Philip Mewson. Um, and also, I was just on Game Scoop, and I think we just uploaded that video today. So you oh, guys awesome. can nice. watch me there. And as well. Mewson is spelled M I U C I N. Yes, right? M I U C I N. Thanks for making it easy for us. And says the guy. Thank you, Mom and Dad. <laughs> uh, and I am Pear Schneider. Uh, you can find me at Pear IGN, and you can of course hopefully find me here on nvc next week again with this wonderful crew we might actually have a guest on next week so be sure to tune in everywhere you watch ign content or on itunes where you can listen to it um that's it for this week's show thank you so much for listening and watching and we're out hey there it's rachel ballinger and i am extremely excited to invite you to rachel uncensored it's my podcast where i sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so we cover things from personal stories to hot button issues and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.